Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. This Major League Baseball episode covers every game scheduled to be played on Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability using hitter and pitcher projections I've created. Note the total projections based on the morning weather it will be added to the sheet in the later portion of the morning. I'll make one money line or one line pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being recommended in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly or tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so it'll give you our loves, likes, and leans and to get my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, our Tuesday shipping up to be pretty solid so far. Obviously, by the time you hear this, you'll know a little bit more, uh, but for the most part, as most of the games are winding down, it's looking like a pretty solid day here. We're up in the Marlins jersey here uh, as we got us the play of the day winner in that under and I uh, got the Marlins on the run line. And, and like I told you, I, I think there was an edge on the, on the Phillies money line as well. So I mean, a lot of different ways that this game profited us um, in that one, but again, a pretty good Tuesday. And as I mentioned uh, on Tuesday's show, for the most part, when we've had bad days, maybe not in the next day, but we bounce back pretty well and bounce back pretty good here today. So uh, exciting things and more to come uh, here for this Wednesday with a lot of games. But before we get to those some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way is to you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a few others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment for YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. I've also partnered with Horse Racing Today. For those of you who like to play the ponies, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. Get a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There isn't an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Check out their YouTube shows or the website. The links are in the description. And also, as a reminder, we've started up that patreon page for those of you looking to support the show membership starts at just three dollars per month benefits include things such as exclusive access to our discord where me and my co-host talk about a lot of plays and live movements things we're interested in and just have some good fun sports talk We've also got ad free and early access to shows not they're being recorded at night you can get those if you're a night else out on the west coast rather than waiting until the morning and of course, we've also added the ability to see lines earlier. I'll still come out with lines like normal, but again, an added benefit if you want to support us financially. Uh, I'll get those lines to you before openers come out today. There were already two uh, that if you notice, I gave everyone kind of free access to that uh, today. Already two lines that looked pretty good that you've already seen, hopefully, and already grabbed. The Rockies uh, were in the plus mid plus 120s and the Orioles were in the mid plus 130s, both of those, the model said, would be solid opportunities when the openers came out. Both those numbers have already dropped. Uh, the numbers that we locked in here tonight for our official plays are actually worse than that. So uh, that's just a, a little tidbit of what you can get with those early lines. Again, if you're wanting that level of support there, you can uh, 
if you're if you're willing to give that level of support, we can provide that for you. Uh, get those openers again before the numbers move. So hopefully that uh, is of value to you. Otherwise, we get right to the games here. We do have a noon. Uh, start time, 12.35 Eastern, first pitch Mets, the Pirates. Not confirmed, but it sounds like here it'll be Chris Bassett versus Bryce Wilson in the first game. There's no line on it as of yet. Um, model says this should be Mets minus 264. Obviously, they should be hefty favorites over the Pirates. Pirates winning here on Tuesday, and we had the Pirates as an A-grade play on the run line, just ensuring in case they lost by one, didn't need it. Plus odds on the money line would have been profitable for you there. Bryce Wilson, though, not the pitcher that Mitch Keller is. Um, Sunday, we took the Pirates on the run line, and that worked as well. Bryce Wilson, not the pitcher that JT Brubaker is. So, I mean, a little bit of a different story in this one. Chris Bassett, a full standard deviation, better than league average. Bryce Wilson, a full standard deviation, worse than league average. Wilson's not as bad as that 612 ERA. Underlying metrics have him in the upper fours. Uh, but Bryce, uh, Chris Bassett is, is maybe not quite as good at 332 ERA, but not far from it. Obviously, the Mets have better offense, despite what you saw here. Uh, the Mets struggling as of late. Obviously, that's not something that should go completely unnoticed uh, losing a couple to the Nats there. And of course the Cardinals lost the first game to the Nats, but then bounced back with a strong run line winner here uh, on Tuesday for us. Uh, you know, the Mets kind of struggle a little bit, but I mean, every team goes to these spurts. I talked about it extensively on yesterday's show. We can't overreact to a few games. Just like if we overreacted to the Nats few games, we back on them again last night that on this Tuesday here, and that wouldn't have been profitable. So, uh, Mets struggling, but I, I don't think there's anything to be made of it here necessarily long term. I think they're going to be just fine. They should be hefty favorites. It's all going to be about the price on this one, just like it always is. Again, model says minus two sixty four for the Mets. Um, anything in the in the minus two seventies, maybe even minus two seventy five or better, I'd be taking the Mets on this one. Uh, probably is the road team probably on the run line um, rather than the money line. About that, about yeah, I'm really looking to get closer to plus 300 before I'm excited about the Pirates uh, being able to pull the upset. And obviously, they can. Anything can happen in baseball, um, as we see on a nightly basis. But my buy point of the Pirates is probably closer to plus 300 on that money line. Um, whereas on the Mets, like I said, I'm hoping to get maybe minus 250. Uh, probably would play them on the run line. Uh, being the road team, a higher probability of covering that. And just a decent chance at some point when they break out and let loose their frustrations that they run away with one. So uh, Mets should be big favorites in that one. Just all about the price, depending on what the play will be there later on. Uh, 3.05 Eastern first pitch, first game of a doubleheader in New York. Twins at the Yankees. Louis Varland versus Domingo Herman. Varland pulls in. Not as a starter. It's pulling up as a bullpen game. This is an interesting one where I'm not 100% trusting the model on this one simply because I think it's going to be worse than a standard bullpen game with Farland. I don't really like what I see from him with his uh, minor league numbers. He's only made a few AAA starts, and the AA starts he's made this year haven't been exactly promising if I treat this as a bullpen game, the model says Yankees minus 136. The, the model just thinks Herman is average, and the Twins' bullpen is really good, which means they should be able to thrive in a bullpen game, at least better than some teams like the Giants, you know, giving up a ton of runs here to the Dodgers on Tuesday night. It, it, twins' offense rates as good as the Yankees' offense 
righty versus righty, and you expect more righties coming out of the Twins' bullpen than lefties. Um, Varland, of course, a righty to start off with. The Twins' relievers are better. So, I mean, the model is thinking about this as a bullpen game, like, hey, like, it won't be that bad. But, I mean, I'm just really nervous for how Varland starts off this game. I don't think it's going to go well. The fact that they're calling him up to start this game tells me they want him to go four or five innings, and, and I just don't see that ending well. So, uh, no line out on this one yet. It'll be interesting to see what it comes out as because the model says 136, minus 136 for the Yankees. But again, that's just uh, yeah, a lot just depends on how deep Varlin goes. If, if they're, or, or if they don't pitch him because this line isn't confirmed, it's just what we're seeing from a lot of different websites. But if it's someone else uh, and it's a bullpen game, it just really depends. Again, if it's more of a bullpen game, I think the Twins got a shot in this one because I'm not a huge Domingo Harmon fan. Again, model just think he's pretty average. He does have a 312 year on the season, but the underlying metrics say it's he's actually performed more in the four and a half level, not a great starting pitcher here uh, for the Yankees. It's it's just how deep do they try to let Varlin go? If it's mostly relievers for the twins, most of their major league caliber relievers, I think they got a shot. Otherwise it's tough to say. So the Yankees should be favored. The question is just by how much this will be an interesting one. one where I may not just blindly trust the model, depending on what exactly we think the plan is for Varlin and how, uh, how the game's priced. My hunch is, if it's a doubleheader, they are going to try to get as many as possible out of them. And like I said, I'm just I'm nervous about that if I'm a Twins fan. 310 Eastern first pitch, Brewers at the Rockies. Rockies winning a wild one here on a Tuesday night. Again, the Brewers had well in hand on, as a run line winner and then just blew up, uh, including giving up a walk-off um, home run to the Rockies one by three. A wild game in Coors. Well, we're always talking about you're always looking for the best odds at Coors, whether it's run line or money line. Take whatever the better odds gives you because you just never really know what's going to happen in that ballpark. Uh, and this one will be a pair of lefties, Eric Lauer versus Kyle Freeland. Uh, both these guys fairly average. I, I don't think there's really much difference between them. Lauer has a better ERA, but it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. You know, I metrics say it should be in the mid four. Same with Freeland. I don't know. metrics say mid fours. His ERA may be a little bit inflated because of pitching half his games in course field. Neither one of these guys is great. They're both just very run of the mill average pitchers in my mind. Obviously, the Brewers relievers are better, but they sure didn't look at Tuesday night. You never really know how altitude's going to affect the pitcher. Maybe that second night that they're pitching is, goes a little better for them. Uh, you just have to be a little bit nervous here. Rocky's just a much better home team. And you have the lefty fact that the Rocky's much better offense against a lefty Brewers offense, a little bit worse against the lefty. Uh, this is what I talked about earlier on. If you saw the number on this one, it's Brewers minus 121 is what the model. Uh, it should be Brewers minus 116 uh, is what the model says. So one plus 116 is still a B grade pick for me on the Rockies. The issue is, of course, earlier on in the day, it was in the mid 120s. That was a much more solid pick. Probably at that point, more of a B grade play just because of the fact that, again, you never really know what you're going to get in Coors Field. And because of that, it makes it a little bit tougher Um it makes it a little bit tougher just to be overly confident, <laughs> um, but it was at least good odds there for you. If you got it earlier, if you got it now, of course, uh, plus one sixteen. I still think it's worth a play. It's more of the B minus pick. It's just hanging on to that B as opposed to a more comfortable B play uh, that's higher up. So a play that I still like here. Um, getting plus odds on the Rockies, a team that plays much better at home against the lefty, but not one that I'm as excited about. Uh, Braves at the A's, 3.35 Eastern start time. Of course, that'll be a uh, 
1235 local first pitch time. Their early start there in Oakland. A total of seven in this one, so we're expecting not a lot of runs. Don't tell that to the pitchers. Pitching in Tuesday night's game, though, as that game got out of hand quite crazily. Spencer Strider versus Ken Waldachuk. I don't expect a lot of runs to be scored in this one, but I didn't expect a lot in Tuesday either, and you never really know how baseball is going to play out for you. Um, Strider, of course, is fantastic and had a great start last time out. He's a guy that is now potentially reaching the threshold of being second, third best pitcher in all of baseball, according to the model. I've been on all season. I talked about him. Even as he was a long reliever, the guy was electric. Uh, just everything the Braves could ask for and more. Uh, again, as long as he continues to improve on his command, keep that pitch count up, his stuff is so dang good. Uh, I mean, the Braves just found themselves a, an amazing pitcher here. Uh, Waldachuk, not terrible. Model says he's average. He's only thrown the one time here in the big leagues. Um, went pretty well for him in his four and two-thirds innings. Well, 93 ERA underline metrics say, you know, mid threes. Uh, obviously, didn't appear to be quite that good going forward, but a solid pitcher here. Um, obviously the Braves should be big favorites. The question is by how much and in that pitcher's ballpark, I, I, I'm on the run line here with the A's, just like I was in the first game of this series. Plus 135 offers a lot of value. As good as Spencer Strider is, I mean, the Braves can win this game one nothing. Um, I just love the plus 135. It's tremendous value here. In, in a game that scoring, I know I know it's hard to get that taste out of our mouths of the crazy game here on Tuesday night, uh, but, but we don't expect a lot of runs in this ballpark. Um, with, with a decent pitcher for the A's and with Spencer Schroeder going runs at a premium, again, Braves winning like one nothing or 2-1 is not out of the question. So plus odds just offers a lot of value. And baseball is weird. You never know exactly what's going to happen. So I just think there's a lot of value here on the A's at these big plus odds. Model says Braves minus 235 um, is the price. So plus 237 is the money line price I'm seeing right now on the A's. Maybe worth a flyer. Hard to really fade Spencer Strider, though. But, I mean, if you're talking a quarter unit, half unit, something really small like that, maybe not a bad idea to take a shot on the A's. I think the Braves are a little bit overpriced. But, like I said, I think the plus odds on the on the run line are, are good enough and what should be a low-scoring, tight contest. Um, I think there's still a lot of value at plus 135. So it's a big great pick for me on the A's run line there in Oakland. 405 Eastern first pitch, Tigers. At the Angels, Angels should be big favorites in this one, throwing a pretty solid pitcher in Patrick Sandoval against not a solid pitcher in Drew Hutchison. Yeah, another situation here where one team starting pitching pitcher is a full standard deviation better than average, another one is a full standard deviation worse than league average. Uh, Sandoval is a 3.02 ERA. Underline metrics say maybe about a quarter of one higher than that. Still fantastic uh, season for him and, and, and a promising pitcher for sure. Uh, Hutchison 406 ERA in the underlying metrics say it should be about a half run higher, so I mean, not a good pitcher for the Tigers. Their relievers are, of course, better, but they're going to have to rely heavily on them because I don't see Hutchison going a lot of innings in this game. Um, Angels offense not anything great, but still better than the Tigers offense. It's a very different story than on Tuesday night facing Eduardo Rodriguez, who was a pitcher with the pulse. Uh, I think the Angels can get to Hutchison, and I think Sandoval shuts the Tigers down. So I'm all over the Angels here at minus 195. It's a B-grade pick. Model says it should be Angels minus 206. Game has a total of eight and a half, so we're expecting a few runs. You could look run line. I'm just a little bit – I know the odds are big, but it's just a situation where, again, I really like the run line when I think it might run away and get ugly. Part of the way that the Angels can win this game is on the strength of Sandoval, and, and the Angels offense sometimes disappears. So it's not a situation like the, the Cardinals say against the Nats here both on Tuesday and Wednesday where I'm saying, I think it's going to get ugly. Let's take the run line and save ourselves the odds because the money line price is really high. This money line price, as long as it starts with a one, I still think is worth the investment. And I think it's a better play than the run line because, like I said, the, the Angels should score off a Hutchinson, but even if they don't, 
the Angels could win this game like one nothing or two to one, and that's not what we expect, obviously. But part of the way this game goes well for the Angels is on the strength of Sandoval, and if it is a lower scoring game, I don't want to have to be chasing that one and a half runs with the home team as much as I would with the road team. So I'm just going to stick to the money line here. Get as long as the number starts with a one, it's a B grade play for me on the Angels. 410 Eastern first pitch, you get a 110 local start time out on the West Coast Giants at the Dodgers. Alex Cobb versus Clayton Kershaw. Cobb is a pitcher I've talked about all season. I really like him. I think he's undervalued, uh, 358 ERA in the season, but the underlying metrics say it should actually be in the upper twos. I think he's pretty solid, and he rates right behind Clayton Kershaw, who also really good, 259 ERA in the season, and underlying metrics have him in the upper twos. I mean, the, the advanced metrics for both these pitchers are superb. Model likes both of these guys. Uh, I'm not sure what the weather will look like tomorrow in L.A., but just based off the pitchers, the model would think under. Of course, your scary thought with Cobb is he's a guy who sometimes doesn't give you a lot of length, and that's bad news given the Giants' bullpen uh, and how weak they are. Obviously, both offenses are solid, but we have to remember the Giants' um, offense not as good against lefties, and that's what they have against Kershaw. So that's kind of the, the downside there. The issue with this one, and I took the Dodgers here uh, on Tuesday night, and that's looking good so far. Um, but as with most games, the Dodgers are just – the prices are just too high. And I think it's the same story here for the day game on Wednesday. Um, model says it should be Dodgers minus 212. So Dodgers minus 245. I know Kershaw's really good, but Cobb is really good too. This reminds me more of Monday's game than Tuesday's game because Cobb can absolutely keep the Giants in this game just like Logan Webb did. So I, I just I'm on the Giants here. It's not a play that I really love. Um, Monday night we had the benefit of the Dodgers having played on Sunday night and whatever weird Sunday night baseball curse you know was happening uh, where these Sunday night teams play in bigger games and the night before and just don't play well. Happening, you know, we had that benefit on Monday. Don't have that benefit here. Um, Webb can give you more length, and he, and he didn't really only give you six innings on Monday, but still, the Dodgers make pitchers work <laughs> and get out early. And, and for Cobb, that, that could be five innings. I'm gonna get an extra inning out of that Giants bullpen. It's just not one as I'm, as I'm, I'm that confident in. You could take a shot on the money line like I did Monday with the Giants. I don't think that's crazy. Again, model says 212, so I'm seeing Giants plus 219. Might be worth a flyer, you know, a small play. Um, but it's just not one that I love a lot. I'll take the Giants on the run line. Uh, like I said, I think both these pitchers can keep it lower scoring weather aside. And obviously the Dodgers offense really good. But, I mean, if Cobb shuts them down, it's a low scoring game. Um, you know, I, I think the Giants can hang in there. So I'll take them plus one and a half here uh, at even money with a C-grade pick. You know, the other thing is, you know, if we do see some more runs because it's warmer weather, then that means the ball's flying and, uh, ball does tend to fly there a little bit more in the daytime. And if that's the type of thing, then, you know, maybe maybe it's a one-run game and the Giants lose, you know, five to four. So, I mean, a lot of ways the Giants hang in there. Obviously, they can get destroyed. Um, but I, I just see it being similar to Monday's game where Alex Cobb and Logan Webb are both pretty good pitchers uh, and both can keep the Giants in the game. So it's just the Dodgers are over. It's Giants are pass. If you want to pass, not a crazy idea whatsoever. But the, the Dodgers, you know, I've tried, I'm trying to back the Dodgers as much as possible. And when I do, it tends to work really well. Um, it, it's just this one's just too high to be a smart investment, in my opinion. 410 Eastern first pitch, Mariners hosting the White Sox to close out that series. It'll be Michael Kopech versus Luis Castillo. Kopech coming back uh, from injury. 358 year in the season, but the underlying metrics say it should be in the mid fours, a full run higher. So a guy that I'm looking to fade, I just I just think it's smoke and mirrors. I think the Seattle offense 
is good enough to take advantage of that. And I think this might be part of where it comes crashing down for him. I like the Mar- like like the Mariners to put up some runs. Castillo, obviously a fantastic pitcher. Again, the guy I talked about shouldn't be priced like he's, you know, in the Mac Treasure category. I think he's one run behind that, but I think he's still very good. He's in that that Logan Webb, you know, grouping that we talked about. That's just, you know, right behind you know, the Shane Bieber, right? The 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 Garrett Cole or right behind those guys. Really good pitcher. Uh, 271 ERA in the season for Castillo and the line metrics say just a tad higher than that in the low threes for him is where it should be. So, I mean, a great pitcher for the Mariners, great bullpen for the Mariners. I will probably be on the Mariners. The question is just what price we're going to be offered, but the model says it should be Mariners minus 214. The total and the weather is going to affect on this one, whether I like run line or money line more. If it's a lower scoring game, I probably just would lay the money line with the Mariners on this one. I'm assuming we're going to be in the Mariners. We tend to be, and it's tended to work out really well for us. Um, the bottom line on this one is, I just I, I'm hoping for a number that starts with a one. I'm getting excited if it's if it's not if it's in the 170s, 180s. Uh, to me, it's all Mariners, but we'll see. But again, if if it depends on the weather and the total. If it's a hot day, you know, and and we're looking at a total like you know eight, maybe run line makes sense depending on the odds of that. But probably just thinking money line because again, that's a pretty pitcher friendly ballpark. And in the event it's a low scoring game, I just, again, don't love run lines for the home team unless I think it's going to get extremely ugly. And it could, uh, again, it just all depends on the price on this one. So again, I'm hoping for a number that starts with a one on the Mariners model says 214. My buy price on the, on the White Sox going against Castillo would have to be pretty high because I'm not a big Michael Kopech fan. And the White Sox offense against the righty, again, not one I really have a lot of faith in. So my buy price on the, on the White Sox probably more like in the plus 230s before I'm really considering a play on them. Game two of the doubleheader there, Mets Pirates were expecting this to be Jacob deGrom versus Johan Oviedo. It's plucking at a bullpen game for Oviedo. He did make a start his last time out, but other than that, it was all relief appearances. Um, your, the last several days has been relief appearances. Uh, maybe it turns out that he goes a little bit deeper, but uh, at this point, I think treating it like a bullpen game kind of makes sense. Uh, somewhere between a bullpen game and a starter, but I don't think he's going to give you a whole lot to be excited about. Uh, obviously, Jacob deGrom should. I don't really have to say anything about him. Again, clear by far and away the best pitcher in baseball. Um, model says Mets minus 362. This number should be crazy high. Um, who knows what side will be on? I really have no idea what this number is going to be. Uh, we've seen sometimes the models throwing out these giant numbers and we've been on the favorites. And we've seen sometimes... The model throws up giant numbers, and we're still in the underdog because the actual price is way too high. This price feels like it has to be super high. I mean, the only thing that the Pirates have going for them is the games in Pittsburgh, but otherwise, um, <laughs> it should be all Mets in this one. There's really not much else to say about that one. 640 Easter first pitch, Red Sox at the Rays. Yet another game with no line as of yet. Model for this one says Rays minus 121. So I'm back in the Rays here. Uh, Really, probably minus 125 or better. I think it's worth a look at the Rays, but I'm not really getting excited until it's minus one teens. If it's minus 100 something, uh, that's a situation where, uh, you know, you'd be talking about an A grade play on the Rays. Based off the numbers I'm seeing, I don't think that's the case. I think we'll be on the Red Sox again. Not that the Rays aren't good. I just think they're a little bit overpriced. Uh, they've been playing really well lately, but I, just like with the Yankees, the Yankees are playing really well lately and that just fell apart, right? So it's like you never know when this is going to stop and start. Um, based off the numbers I'm seeing around, we'll probably be on the Red Sox, uh, you know, plus 130 
probably makes some sense if you're in the plus 140s. I mean, it's a play you, you got to get excited about. Uh, total eyeing around seven in a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Obviously, there were a lot of runs here on Tuesday night, but in general, we don't expect that sort of game at the trap. Um, probably looking Red Sox run line like was the intended play before Rasmussen was scratched. Uh, but I think we're probably going to be eyeing Red Sox run line in this game. And depending on what the odds are, uh, obviously determines the grade. Uh, Nick Pavetta versus Jeffrey Springs. Pavetta has been fairly solid, but Springs has been a better pitcher. Uh, really not much else to say about that. Pavetta's ERA is pretty accurate. Springs, I don't think he's quite as good at 262 ERA, but uh, I get a better pitcher than Pavetta. Red Sox uh, reliever is pretty average, but the Rays relievers are, are grading out now as above average. Uh, and the Red Sox just have a slight edge on offense. So, I mean, the race should be favored in this game at home. Uh, it's just based on the price I'm seeing, it's probably by too much. Again, model says Rays minus 121. Um, so, again, if, if we're seeing the, the plus 140 type play situation on the Red Sox, that's, that's probably the way you have to look. 645 Eastern first pitch, Marlins at the Phillies. Trevor Rogers versus Bailey Falter, a pair of lefties in this one. Um, neither one are great. <laughs> um, Rogers is barely below average falters decently below average. This was a game. Obviously the Phillies were hoping that they could welcome Zach Wheeler back. And that's not the case. He'll miss at least one more start. Falters a four ERA underlying metrics say about a four run higher. Rogers a five fifty seven ERA underlying metrics say it should be a four run lower. So, so Rogers thinks a better pitcher here. He's just the Marlins still can't score runs. Those Part of the impetus for the underplay on them with two good pitchers on Tuesday night's game. And part of the reason why I said if I was playing, I'll play them on the run line because I think it's likely that they lose a one-run game. They do tend to do that a lot. I think it's the same setup for tonight. It's really not drastically different. The only thing is that the number's better on the Phillies tonight, whereas last night's uh, number, the Phillies still won the game, but that money line price was just really high. And I said I just couldn't go with the run line. That's why I went Marlins run line. thought there was some value in a low-scoring close game. I think it's a similar setup here, except the pitchers are a little bit worse. Um... And so I think run line's a little bit less enticing. Um, not a lot of value on the Phillies' money line here, but you can't trust the Marlins to win a game, and they're more likely to lose by one or if there's a few more runs because it's worse pitchers, probably lose by two. I mean, that's just kind of been the way the Marlins have gone as of late. They just keep it out of the way offensively. Uh, I still trust the Phillies' offense more. I still trust the relievers more. Um, model says minus 161, so minus 167 on the Phillies. Worth a lean for me, but not much more than that. Obviously, if the price gets better, I'm more excited about it. But unless you get down to the 150s, I'll be on the Phillies, but it's not a play that I really love. It's, just, it's hard to back the Marlins these days. Like I said, if I was doing it, I'd be on the on the run line like it was here on Tuesday. But um, with, with better pitchers, the probability that we see a tight one-run game is a little bit less. So the run line just is a little bit less enticing. So I'll flip to this one on Philly's money line and hope that we see another similar game like we saw on Tuesday where the Phillies can eke one out. So to five Easter first pitch twins at the Yankees game two with that doubleheader, Joe Ryan versus Garrett Cole. This is the game we had talked about. Um, for Tuesday's slate model still says Yankees minus 143. If we're seeing similar prices and we do see this matchup again, it hasn't been confirmed. We make crisscross pitchers. That's the problem with doubleheaders is you just never know. And sometimes they do it, you know, much closer to first pitch on. We don't really know wh which guy's going to go which game. So if that flips around, things change. Check Twitter, check the sheet for any of those updates. But otherwise, there's really not much I can do because we don't necessarily know exactly what they're going to do. If it's the same matchup, we already heard about it. Uh, it'll be probably a pretty similar price. And I think Twins run line still makes a lot of sense. Yankees should be favored. Uh, but I think that, again, this Twins offense is decent enough to keep and the relievers are better. They can keep them in the game. 
um, what should be a lower scoring contest uh, based off of such good pitching and again, good, good relievers uh, model. So again, Yankees minus minus one forty three. So if we're seeing similar prices, it's twins or pass uh, really in both games. Uh, my fear, it'll be twins or pass in the first game. <laughs> but like I said, I am concerned about that one. At least this one, we have Joe Ryan to back up. The issue is you're going up against Garrett Cole versus the first game you actually the pitch you can be. So maybe they crisscross that. Maybe the, the twins decide to throw Joe Ryan against Domingo Herman, where they feel like they got a really good chance to, to win and kind of throw the other game. You never really know how it's going to play out. So again, check the tweet, the the, the Twitter and the sheet for all those updates. Uh, once we know more, uh, you know, we'll be able to attack that. Seven to five Eastern first pitch blue Jays at the Orioles, Alec Manoa versus Dean Kremer in this one, a game with a total of seven and a half. So expecting not a lot of runs, um, I think that favors the Orioles, a tight, low scoring game with the way their bullpen pitches. Plus 130, again, great value. I tweeted this out um, with the early look at the lines. Model says Blue Jays minus 109, so the Blue Jays should be barely slight, slight favorites. So again, if you got, you could have got better odds in this earlier on the day based off that early sneak peek of those lines. Plus 130, still a no grade play. I'm still on the Orioles at home. Dean Kramer, 322 ERA. Underline metrics say a little bit worse than that. He's not that far behind Alec Manoa. I mean, Manoa's had a great season with that 248 ERA. He's a fun guy to root for. Uh, but the underlying metrics have Manoa a tenth of a run better than Dean Kramer. So, I mean, it's not like there's a huge edge here for the Blue Jays with regards to starting pitching. The Orioles have an advantage on the bullpen, and the Jays' offensive advantage, again, is minimized being a right-handed pitcher. Still a better offense than the Orioles, for sure. And that's why they should be road favorites. Uh, make sure we get that clear, right? The Blue Jays should be road favorites. Um, being road favorites is not necessarily easy in baseball, but their offense is good enough to overcome the weakness that they have at reliever. And Manoa, again, a slightly better pitcher than Dean Kramer, but they should be small road favorites, not priced out at minus 140. So plus 130, again, for the Orioles, a great play for me. Blue Jays, like usual, just overpriced. 740 Eastern first pitch, Reds at the Cubs. Mike Miner versus Javier Assad projected on this one, no line out yet. That produces a money line Projection of Cubs minus 146. Um, neither one of these pitchers are much to write home about. Assad in his 10 innings has looked really good, but the underlying metrics say don't get too excited about his sub one ERA. Uh, just, you know, projects to be a below average pitcher. Miners having showing signs of life lately, but the underlying metrics for the season still aren't great for him. So I'm not convinced that he's, you know, found anything magical. I think he's just. The truth is somewhere in between. He's maybe not quite as good as some of those better starts against weaker pitching or, or weaker hitter. I mean, I, I just I don't think he's maybe as bad as he looked early, uh, but that doesn't mean a whole lot. Not very good baseball here. Both teams' relievers and offenses are subpar. Uh, the Cubs' relievers are worse, but the Reds' bats are worse. Model says it should be Cubs minus one forty six. We'll see what the number is, but again, tough to. Tough to watch that series. Just not a lot of good baseball in it. Uh, buy prices on this one, you know. Minus 150 or better, I'm on the Cubs. If it's This one's pretty straightforward. If it's in the minus 140s, it's a C grade. If it's in the minus 130s, it's a B grade. If it touches in the minus 120s, it's an A grade. Um, on the Reds, I would need plus, really like some plus one into the plus 150s uh, before I felt like I could back the Reds. Plus 160s be a B grade. Plus 170s be an A grade. Probably would look the Reds on the run line, though, uh, and back the Cubs on the money line on this one. 745 Eastern first pitch, Nats at the Cardinals. Uh, note on this one, the projected 
number that I put out earlier today was a little bit off on this one. I had a typo in Corey Abbott's name, so it pulled up as a bullpen game. Plugging him in, it gets worse. But I do want to point out something, and this is something that I've talked about before because Jared's talked about it on the show a little bit. The difference in the in the money lines and the probability translation is wildly different towards even money versus the extremes. Uh, the number that was posted earlier in the day was in the mid-minus 200s, but it was only a 5% difference. And it's crazy to think, but 5% difference out of these numbers actually changes you a full 100 points on the money line. Uh, and again, it's just like we're talking about, like it's the exact opposite close to even money. Close to even money, you know, one percentage point is like, you know, five cents, but out towards the tails, one percentage point is, you know, 20, 25 cents, depending on how far out you go. Right. So it's just kind of a weird quirk with probability and how that translates. So um, it dropped. Plugging Corey Abbott in as opposed to bulking dropped the Nats win probability 5%, but that 5% made a massive change in terms of what the projected money line would be. Now with him in there, it has Cardinals minus 345. So Cardinals minus 290 is a great investment. I'm going to play it on the run line though, just like yesterday. Uh, just saving the odds. If it's going to go bad, it's going to go bad. And, and the Cardinals should win by more than one if it's tight. I don't want to, I don't want any part of it. So uh, it's still minus 140, but I think it's still an A grade. Jordan Montgomery, a good pitcher. Corey Abbott, not. Uh, Nats relievers below average. Cardinals relievers above average. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. The card should run away with this, and I think the price isn't high enough. Again, I like to mix my portfolio with a lot of favorites and a lot of underdogs. I think any good model would tell you that. This is a case where we're on the favorite. Um, not always in the favorite. Not always in the dog. In this case, I think the favorite's under price. So I, I'm on the Cardinals here. On the run line at minus 140, it's an angry play. Like I said, I like Montgomery. I think his ERA is fairly realistic at 315. Uh, and the model does not like Corey Abbott, thinks that his ERA is actually a run and a half lower than it should be, and his ERA is already in the mid four. So just massive edges across the board for the Cardinals, and that's why I'm playing them on the run line. Eight cities turn first pitch. Rangers at the Astros. Cole Raggins versus Christian Javier. Uh this is all Astros, in my opinion. No line out as of yet. Uh, I'm not sure which pitcher we haven't confirmed, but neither one of these guys has, you know, Javier's been jerked around from the rotation, the bullpen all season, all his all career for him. Uh, Raggins has been up and down for the Rangers. So just waiting on final confirmation here um, before we get an official number. But this should be all Astros. Model says minus 253. Raggins is a lefty. Uh, again, we talked about the Astros hit lefties better. Um, project better against lefties. Again, a very right-handed heavy team, especially now without Brantley uh, for the season. Uh, basically replaced Brantley with Mancini, who Mancini's not as good of a hitter, but against lefties, he's a better hitter. Um, 442 ERA the season for Raggins, but underlying metrics say should be two full runs higher. So a pitcher who I don't think is very good, model doesn't like him at all, says he's more than a standard deviation below average. Javier's, again, a pitcher who should have already stayed in the Astros rotation. It's weird that they took him out in the first place, but, you know, it is what it is. They're not paying me to make those decisions. 307 ERA on the season. And underlying metrics say maybe half a run higher, but still an above average good pitcher. Should be all Astros. They didn't get the job done Tuesday. That's why we took him on the run, on the run line to save ourselves some odds in case it was a close game. Probably be looking run line again for him on this one. I, again, it, it, it's it's like we talked about with the Cardinals. Nets. If it's going to go, if it's going to go well for us, it's going to go well. And that's the thing is this projects to be a game where the Astros score a ton of runs off a of lefty and Cole Raggins um, projected to score a ton of runs against Otto and it didn't. But that's the thing is if it doesn't, if that doesn't happen, then I want the the better odds. And that's why we like the run line situation here. Uh, same thing. If it doesn't go well, if they don't score a bunch of runs off Raggins, it's going to be a tight game at least we've got better odds to protect ourselves against, right? But I mean, they should score a lot of runs off Raggins. Javier should pitch well. 
So I mean, Asher's probably decided to be on again. Model says minus two fifty three. I'd probably play run line, but you know, always depends on the price, uh, determining how confident we are on it. And at some point, there is a price that you play the Rangers. I'd be looking at the Rangers money line for sure in the plus three hundreds. I don't expect to see a number that high. Probably around plus two seventy five. So I think the Rangers would be worth a shot. Hopefully, it's not there because, like I said, I'd rather be on the Astros. Uh, simply because I just don't think it goes well for Cole Raggins. I really like playing the Astros anytime they're facing a lefty, especially a subpar lefty. Those are the guys they go to town on like they did. Uh, I can see Angels on Sunday. 18 Eastern short-time Guardians at the Royals. Cody Morris will get the nod for the Guardians versus Zach Grinke coming back off the injured list. Morris has pitched once this season in the big leagues, thrown two innings, get up two runs. Projects to be fairly league average, though, which is an interesting note, and a good set of relievers behind him. So um, things can go pretty well for the Guardians, especially against the subpar Royals offense. Uh, Grinky, a pretty average pitcher, talked about him a lot this season when he's been healthy, not the pitcher he was, but a pitcher he still kind of consistently can go out there and give you five solid innings. Uh, not really thinking you can see him get much more than that, and hard to see him shutting down the Guardians above average offense and a hitter-friendly ballpark, but... Um, you don't ever expect him to get lit up because he just kind of more or less goes about his business and quietly is fairly average. Um, model for this one says it should be uh, Guardians minus 144. And so, again, kind of just see what the number is on this one. Probably a situation where if I'm on the Royals, I'm on the run line. If I'm on the Guardians, I'm on the money line. Um Given that the model says 144, my buy point money line for the Guardians would be um, probably about minus 150. Uh, anything in the minus 140s would be a C grade play. Anything in the minus 130s, a B grade, minus 120s, A grade. And then the Royals would be kind of the flip of that. Once it gets above plus 150 on the Royals, um, I'd be on the Royals, but a C grade play in the 160s, B and the 170s, A grade play. But I probably would just play the corresponding run line instead. Wrap us up, 840 Eastern, first pitch, Diamondbacks at the Padres. Diamondbacks hitting it done again for us on the run line, thankfully, as they blew this one on Tuesday, but still got us the run line victory. I'm back on the run line with them again. This Padres team just isn't convincingly good like they should be. Uh, I'm going to take the run line again with the Diamondbacks at minus 115. It's a B-grade play. I, I think they got another shot to win, another shot to hang in there, and I think the run line offers some value. Do you have a starting pitcher edge, of course, for the Padres with you, Darvish, on the hill? A guy I've talked about, just a fantastic season, 326 ERA, and the underlying metrics say he's that good. Uh, having a good season, again, props to him. Diamondbacks, though, offense, again, so left-handed heavy, uh, can hit around a righty and is just looking pretty solid these days. Um, they should be able to score some. Uh, Darvish, obviously a good pitcher, probably doesn't expect to get hit around too much, but, I mean, the Diamondbacks offense – as long as not against a lefty, I feel like it's done fairly well. Uh, Tommy Henry will get the start for the Diamondbacks, a little bit below average, 483 ERA on his six starts. I'm the metrics say that's pretty accurate. But again, the Padres' offense, also left-handed heavy, gets a little bit of a ding against lefty. So offense, the offense is here. The Padres' offense uh, facing a lefty, whereas the Diamondbacks get to face a righty, still projects better than the Diamondbacks, but not by much. It's very, very small. The relievers are better, but it's not by much. And those Padres relievers aren't that great. I mean, their biggest edge is obviously Darvish versus Henry, but that only matters so much because Darvish is probably not going to give you more than six. Um, Henry's probably only going to give you five. So, I mean, the relievers matter in this one. The offenses matter. I mean, the starting pitching, it's not like 
the old days where the starting pitchers make up half the game because they're going to pitch the whole game, right? So that matters, but not that much. The Padres should be favored, but the price I'm seeing on them is minus 198, and I think that's just too high. The model indicates that instead of a price like that, it should be Diamondbacks minus 185. So again, just a situation where I think the Padres are a little bit overpriced. Plus 182 on the Diamondbacks might be worth the flyer, but I'd just rather take them run line. Uh, again, expecting them to be able to hang around like they've been doing here uh, the last several days. So I'll be on them at a run line. Price of minus 115, a B-grade pick. So that's all the games. Again, a lot to be determined with regards to a couple of these doubleheaders and some pitching confirmations that haven't happened yet. So check Twitter, check the sheet, update all that stuff as we know more. Update the sheet with totals uh, in the late morning. As of now, I've got two A-grade plays for you, but hopefully more to come. Uh, once we know more information, again, maybe some overnight line movement will allow us to find a more beneficial number. We can add to those A plays, so who knows what will happen there. But right now I've got the Orioles plus 130 at home against the Blue Jays as an A grade play. I've got the Cardinals on the run line at minus 140 at home against the Nats as an A grade play. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pakeswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. See you again tomorrow for more Major League Baseball picks. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.